This Sunday, we are brought to our third Sunday in Advent, love. And we know that Advent is all about anticipation, right? It's the anticipation of the birth of the Christ. And in, you know, uh, in unity, we like to focus on the metaphysics. We like to focus on what does that mean for me, my inner life, and how I show up in the world. And I like to use everything to my advantage. The advantage of me living the life I want to live. The advantage of me living into my Christ nature. And the advantage of me contributing to a better world. This natural cycle of our physical world can support us. And this is one of the time of the years I time of the year I like to talk about it because I think we often work against it. As our days are getting shorter and we have fewer hours of light, naturally what we should be doing is contracting, going within, getting quiet. But what happens this time of year? We are frazzled, right? And if you are working or involved in organizations, people often say, oh, we can't schedule a meeting in December. People are way too busy. Way too busy. We often are cooking foods that we make once a year. We do, a lot of people do a lot of baking. We go to parties. We get dressed up in our fancy clothes. We wear fun, obnoxiously ugly sweaters. I like to call them obnoxiously beautiful. You might have some fancy love pants that you get to wear this time of year. But what we want to be doing is taking advantage of the natural cycle and use this time to go within. And for the third week of Advent being love, how, how, what does that look like? How do we do that? I like to focus on uh, three areas. How am I loving myself? How am I loving others? And how am I loving my opponents? Yes, I'm a unity minister and I said opponents. Valerie Kaur is um, an author, a speaker. Um, you might have heard of her. She wrote, uh, what is it, See No Stranger. And um, great book, highly recommended. And she talks about loving ourselves, loving others, and loving our opponents. And at first, my unity teachings, oh, that's not putting it in a positive light. However, it's a lot easier for me to focus on loving my opponents rather than seeing the Christ in my opponent. Because that's a big leap for me in consciousness. If I'm really angry at you and I just focus on seeing the Christ light in you, guess what I end up doing? I, I don't know. Maybe you're great at that. Maybe you make that intention and you make the shift. Rock on if you can do that. You know what I do? I end up spiritually bypassing. I end up not dealing with my real feelings. 
So what I like to do is I like to um, focus on how can I, during this season, how can I love my opponents? How can I bring a loving heart to my opponents? I'm working on a project. I'm not going to name the guy, but I did talk to him about sharing this story. Um, I'm working on a project with this guy, and our personalities naturally conflict. He ticks me off just by his presence. He told me that when I walk in the room, he feels angry. So at least our feelings are mutual, right? At least they're not one-sided. It's a very reciprocal relationship. However, we both volunteered for this project, and we have to get it done, right? And so during this season, I was, you know, thinking about how am I going to go within, and how am I going to, you know, do this Valerie Core thing and love myself and others and, and my opponents. And I thought, well, I don't have any. Oh, I have an opponent. <laughs> I'd like to say I don't have any, but I have one. And I have to work with him on a regular basis especially if I want to get this project done. So I decided, okay, I'll do, I'll practice what I preach, literally. And I went into meditation, and nothing comes to me. I, I am envious of those people who go into meditation and come out of meditation and all their questions are answered. That's not me. I go into meditation, I come out, and I'm like, that was lovely. But then later, when I'm walking upstairs or loading the dishwasher or starting the shower, I'll have a thought. And what came to me, <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but this is what we're here for, right? What came to me is he and I are just alike. And then I thought, wow, if I am getting really ticked off by the things that I see in this guy that are like me, how does anyone work with me? Because this guy drives me crazy. But then I realized we're both really passionate. And we're really passionate about what we believe in. And where our conflict was coming was, I thought we needed to go in this direction, he thought we needed to go in that direction, and we were both really passionate about it. So I'm preparing for my Zoom meeting with him, and I had already done my meditation, I had already come up with this idea that, oh my gosh, we're so much alike that we hate each other. And I'm pre prepping for my Zoom meeting with him, and I got heart-centered. And I said, all right, how am I going to bring a loving heart to this meeting? F forget seeing the Christ in this guy. How am I going to be the Christ? And I just focused on that, focused on that, focused on that. We started our Zoom meeting. And guess what happened? 
I saw the greatness in his ideas. And I was like, dang nabbit, I think maybe he was right all along. And so we just started going with that, and he said, oh, you know that thing that you said about the group activity, you know, blah, 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 and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I've let that go. And he says, no, we need to do that. And he said, I am sorry for biting your head off about that. And we, you know, we tweaked everything. We, we got a plan. And here's the funny thing. So everybody involved in this organization knows that he and I struggle together. And when we presented at another future Zoom meeting, when we presented to the organizers of this event, they were all sitting there, their little square Zoom faces, they were all sitting there smiling. And they said, we knew you could do it because you're our two best people. We knew you could do it. And I didn't even know what they were saying at first, but I found out later, I was talking to the guy, and he said, you know, they set us up. <laughs> they set us up. So how can we set ourselves up to be more loving? How can we set ourselves up to bring our Christ presence to the world? I'm not saying get on a team with your nemesis, okay? I'm not saying that. But in those experiences where you have to interact with someone that drives you crazy, how instead of focusing on seeing the Christ in them, Focus on how can I be the Christ? The person in front of me may or may not change. The person in front of me may or may not express their Christ nature. The only thing, the only person, the only situation I have any control over is what I bring to the table, how I show up. How can I bring a loving heart as the Christ presence to this situation. Whew, got the tough one out of the way. Our opponents, our nemesis, people we don't like. What about other people in general? And I kind of put other people into um, also another couple subcategories, and that is people I love and adore, and it's easy to show up as the Christ presence. My best friend, we call it, we, um, I call her my BFF soulmate. I'm actually really glad that we're not dating, that she's actually my best friend, my best platonic friend, because I think if we were dating, she would drive me crazy. But she's my best friend, and it's easy to bring my Christ presence around her. She's fabulous. She supports me in everything I do. It's easy. And then I have six children. (sighs) 
Sometimes they make life choices that I don't agree with. One of my stepsons um, signed up for a, a temporary gig, being a firefighter out on the West Coast. Great once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, you can only do that during a certain <laughs> time of your life. How do I show up as the Christ pres pres presence when I am fearful for his safety? Our fear shows up because something we love is being threatened. I have another son who, um, let's just say, brings on a lot of his own challenges. How do I be the Christ presence when I can see that he's making life choices that are going to lead him down a painful path? I'm going to share with you um, a story about this, this son of mine. Years ago, um, he wanted to go live with his dad. And he hadn't had a relationship with his dad. In fact, I don't think he had seen him for, I don't know, 15, 17, 15 years or so. I knew his dad. I knew what would happen. My precious, sensitive son's little heart was going to get broken. And this happened while I was working here at Unity of Gaithersburg. And I had a lot of angst about this. I had a lot of issues about this. And I went to my minister, Reverend Roger Goodwin at the time, and he told me to go in the sanctuary and pray and meditate about it. And I was like, that's not going to help. I came in here and I had a chair and I, I pulled it up right over here. And I sat here for about a half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that. And I just felt like, oh, gosh, that's just, that's, that's awesome. That was great. I don't think I solved my problem, but gosh, I feel so much better. I'm better able to deal with it. And so like always happens, I leave my meditation. I'm feeling good. I, I don't really have any answers, but I'm feeling good. And I decided I was going to walk the campus. So I'm out there, and I'm walking the campus. And what do I hear? I hear that still, small voice. What do I hear? I hear, do you love your son? Well, that was irritating. Of course I love my son. What kind of question is that? And then I heard, then why are you trying to steal away his experience? Ah. Oh. Oh. I was trying to steal away his experience, not because I wanted him 
the best for him because I did not want the uncomfortableness, the discomfort of witnessing him hurt. I did not want to witness someone I love hurt. Let me ask you, how many of you have done your best growing and evolving when things are going absolutely fantastic? No hands, because that's not when it happens. How many of you done your best growing and evolving through tough times? Yep. So what was I wishing for my son? I actually was wishing that he did not grow and evolve simply because I didn't want the discomfort of witnessing him hurt. I bought a one-way plane ticket, sent him off, and his precious, sensitive little heart got broken. And he grew, and he evolved. And he evolved. And so for those people that we love and care about and, and yet their own behavior drives us crazy, remembering that our job as loving them, our job is to honor and respect their life journey. Honor and respect and support their life journey. So when my kids ask for my advice, I give it. And I tell them why. And I can tell them, if you make this choice, here are the possibilities of what will happen. And I can't tell you how many times my sons have come to me and said, well, you remember what you said would happen? Well, it happened. I didn't think it would, but it did. The oldest one actually now says, hey, ma, what might happen if I do this? Because it's happened enough time that, times that I've been right. So we have our opponents, we have others, and we have ourself. How do we show up as the Christ presence to ourselves? We often talk about self-care. In fact, um, SEE, Spiritual Education and Enrichment, over the last couple of years, they added a class called self-care. As if it's this separate thing. It's this thing that we have to learn how to do. It's this thing that we have to carve out time for. Because in our culture, we're not taught how to love ourselves. We're not taught how to put ourselves first. If you're a parent, you're supposed to put your children first. If you're partnered, you're supposed to put your partner first. If you're I don't know, employed, you're supposed to put your, your job first. If you're a member of a church, you're supposed to put your church first. 
throw all of that out of the window? Yes, even the last one. I invite you to entertain the idea of putting yourself first. And this is, I do not mean at the expense of others. I mean as your divine birthright. It is your divine birthright to live as the Christ. And if we actually love ourselves first, we nurture and develop our inner Christ presence to the point that we can shine it out into the world. I mean, that sounds awesome, right? How many of you want to be bright lights? I want to be so bright that I blind people. I want to be so bright that others want to come to me and say, wow, what are you doing? I want some of that. Wow, when I'm in your presence, I feel peace in my heart. And I don't get to that point by sacrificing myself for others or for institutions. I get to that point by truly loving myself. And self-care isn't this separate thing that I have to put on my calendar, although if you're not good at it, please put it on your calendar until you do get good at it. Self-care is part of my day-to-day -day living, just like I sleep, I eat. Part of my self-care practice is creating time to meditate. And I remember years ago, I was taking an SEE class uh, with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck, and I think it was a meditation class, it might have been different, and I said, I don't know, but like my life gets crazy, and I don't know if my life gets crazy, and then I stop meditating regularly, or if I stop meditating regularly, and then my life gets crazy. I haven't figured out which comes first, but, it, but they happen at the same time. And I don't even remember what his response to me was, but whatever his response to me was, was something like, well, that's something for you to look at, honey. <laughs> Right? And so I, it's always stuck with me. And our spiritual practice, our loving ourselves, our self care, that is not, um, that, that is not something to create a problem free life. Right? That's something to create a life where we are capable of navigating and moving through the problems and troubles and strives of strife of life with a little more ease and grace. And we can measure this by asking ourselves, how easily are we knocked off center? How easily are, are, are we you know, pushed into overwhelm or chaos or I don't even know what to do with myself? How easily are we knocked off our center? If you're easily knocked off your center, don't focus on the other people. Focus, focus here. 
What do I need to do for myself to love myself, to be the Christ presence for myself? What do I need to do inside to show up more Christ-like to my family and friends? How, what do I need to do inside of myself to show up as a brighter light to my opponents? And so for our meditation time together, um, I would like you to think about, pick one of those. Maybe you have an opponent in your life right now. Or maybe you just want to show up better in a better way for your friends and family. Or maybe you really need to focus on loving yourself in a way that nurtures your ability to show up as the Christ. So just intellectually pick one of those three. And let's bring our attention to our heart space. And as we move from our head to our heart, let's take three deep breaths and give an audible exhale. <sighs> Again. <sighs> One more time. Acknowledge and embrace that indwelling Christ presence. Acknowledge and embrace that at the core of who and what you are, you are sacred. as we move into this intention of being love. Being love so that Christ in us can be born. We can ask the question, What is mine to do? What is mine to focus my creative life force energy? What am I to do? internally to be the love that births the Christ. Let's hold that question for a few moments 
in silence. Whatever is yours to do, take this moment to set an intention to actually do it. To muster up the courage to be love and willing to birth the Christ. And so it is, amen.